This is my nanny. This is my mommy. Welcome to the chef. Welcome to Nani and Mom. I'm Nani. And I'm Mom. So, Mom, what are we talking about today? Well, today I want to talk about what to do if your kid won't physically go to timeout. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. So, we originally talked about this, I think, probably close to, if not longer than a year ago at this point. Um, it, of course, originates from true issues that we were and sometimes still have with disciplining our oldest kid. So I want to talk about some of the advice that I originally got from you in relation to timeout, Um, along with the transformation from my perspective that has led me to now be able to say that Ben, that I can recall has never actually successfully completed a timeout. (laughs) Well, maybe... Uh, not in the, so, not in the um you know usual sense that we think of timeout anyways yeah typically like timeout is is to take a break and i think timeout can be for the parents too you know a cooling down period i think at uh, 2 years old 3 years old i don't know that they're able to sit there and like contemplate well what did i do that created this outcome for me that I'm now sitting in a timeout. Yeah, Um, which I feel like is something that, I mean, coming in as a parent, timeout is definitely one of the more commonly known tactics. Um, Even if you're not familiar with kids, you're very familiar with timeout. Um, And so I I definitely think that that is something as a parent that we, we maybe all kind of have the wrong idea about what timeout is used for because you expect that to be what your kid is doing. Um, when they're sent to timeout, you're thinking that, that they're contemplating what they just did and how they're never going to do it again and how they're going to be <laughs> so. so much better when their timeout period ends. Um, yes. But They've learned the error of their ways. <laughs> yeah. And we found out very quickly that that wasn't possible, especially because, I mean, we just, I guess, don't have a version of a child that is willing to go to timeout. Um, right. So, well, and the thing, well, that's the thing. If you're going to, if you're going to use it, if you're going to say, if, if you don't stop this, you're going to have to go sit and timeout then you have to follow through with that. Uh You know, you have to, and that's the thing about the choices. Like you go back to the choices. um, If you choose this behavior, you'll be choosing timeout. If you're going to do that and say that, then you have to follow through with the consequence. But, you know, the thing is, is with timeout, like anything else, any other parenting technique, we have to stay calm and create that kind of uh, non- you know, non-emotional space, mm-hmm. you know. Because like you said, it's more about a time for the child and the parent to cool off from whatever was heightening the emotions in the first place, the whether it was Absolutely. hitting their sibling or not listening when you ask them to bring their plate to the sink. I, you know, and I always have saw, seen time out as kind of a, not necessarily how to navigate getting behaviors to start, you know, but more or less getting behaviors to stop, you know, like you said, hitting a sibling, right? fighting with a sibling, uh, fighting with you, 
you know, that yeah. sort of thing. So if we are going to be using timeout, um, how should we structure that in our home? Because you gave some really great advice that we absolutely tried our hearts out uh, <laughs> with when, when Ben was uh, younger and becoming of the age where he was needing some time to cool off after some incidences. So what are some of the things that parents should be doing to help implement a structured timeout program, if you will? Yeah. So I think it's important to pick an, a spot, a quiet, a quiet spot, um, whether it be in the corner or a little chair that you have. And also, I do believe it's important to have a spot where you can typically visually see them so that you know, that you're able to have that input so that you can see, make sure they're staying in their spot or, you know, how they're, how they're navigating that. Mm -hmm. But also then to set a timer and then, and teaching them that when the timer goes off, it's, you're done, it's over. Again, like other parenting techniques, not a lot of talking, you know. Okay. I'm taking you to this timeout because of this, sitting them down and walking away. And then when it's over, the timer goes off and then it's pretty much over. You don't have to go into a lecture. Okay. So is there a time where explaining about why they were in timeout is important? Maybe if it was kind of a very heinous crime or something unusual or something they're not familiar with, but for a normal circumstance, you would say, don't discuss it with them after the timeout. Um, yeah, I think I think back to the seven C's of parenting. Like we have to be concise, right? The, after a while, they just hear wah 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 wah, and kids don't really equate all of that verbiage. You know, it's just important to be very very um, short with it. You know, I'm putting you in timeout because of X. You did this behavior where you didn't stop this behavior and now we're going to cool off. But so timeout can be used in a lot of different ways. So say two kids, you, you have um, siblings fighting over a toy. Mm -hmm. You don't necessarily have to put the kids in timeout, but the toy can go into timeout. Okay. Um, so you can use, you know, you can get creative in that sense. You know, the toys just got to go to timeout because we can't figure out where the toy needs to be. Okay. So we're just put the toy in timeout. I think it's, uh, <laughs> I think it's also important for um, parents to acknowledge that sometimes they need a timeout. Mm -hmm. um, in the beginning, when I was first learning to parent you guys, I was not very good at my emotional regulation. I was raised to be, uh, what I had been taught was yelling, raging, mm -hmm. oh. <laughs> you know, screaming. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people can relate. And it that's a, those are hard emotions to control. Absolutely. Yeah. And learn to shut them down. And I can remember physically because, you know, when you have that kind of emotion, it's, it's a, it's very active in your body. Mm -hmm. And I can remember physically trying to shut that down and I would just be shaking. And um, in the beginning, I would say to you and, and Stephen, I would say, y you guys need to go play somewhere else because mommy needs a timeout. Yeah. And I, I think that's actually good to communicate to your children that you have emotions too. And then role modeling that behavior. Yeah. You know, here's what I need to do to calm myself down. I love that because like you said, kids, kids are going to model what they see. 
And it tells your kids that it's okay to be upset. It's okay to be angry, but that you are going to show them, I need a break when my emotions are a little haywire. And that way, when you ask them to do the same for a timeout or whatever type of break, you know, structure you decide to go with, then they understand it a little bit more. Yeah. I I love that. Uh, I think it, I think it's really important to really remember how we're role modeling because more most of communication is nonverbal. Mm-hmm. You know, so remembering, you know, what you're doing, they're watching, and you know, it, and and you're human too, and we make mistakes, and so that teaching them, I always felt like I got taught, you know, that people make mistakes, you know, parents make mistakes, but I didn't, I never felt like I got taught recovery. Yeah. And that's what I wanted to really learn to teach you guys as kids is like, okay, we're all going to make mistakes. Um, but how do we recover from that? How do we get back from that? How do we, you know, apologize and move forward? Yeah. You know, acknowledge that this happened or whatever. Yeah. And I think that keeping, um, the verbal communication around timeout minimal will help them to not fear going to timeout where it's something that becomes a safe space for them to cool off. And whether that is a chair in a corner um, or a spot on the landing of the stairs or even in their own bedroom, um, which is Mm -hmm. ultimately where where we've landed, um, that we just take a a quiet time in your room Mm -hmm. if you need some space, um, Mm -hmm. then it becomes something that they understand if, if things are getting heated or if they do something they're not supposed to that it's a cool off period. They're not going to fear going there because there's not a lecture attached to the end of it. There's not additional punishment after the rest time is over or after the timeout is over. They're not fearing coming out of their timeout because they know there's going to be this huge lecture or apology session that has yeah. to happen. So I think And I think that's where I think that's where a lot of parents, you know, kind of go awry because you're right. Like, you know, a lot of parents after the timeout, you know, will go into, well, see, this is why you had to go in. And then it becomes a whole nother additional charge to have to endure. Yeah. Where if, if when the timer goes off, it's over, like we're moving on. Hey, you did your time. Everybody's calmer. This is the, you know, this is what we've accomplished yeah. and moving on. And, you know, kids need that, like uh, kids need that predictability. Right. You know, they need to know if mom or dad says, or caretaker says, if you do this, or if you can't stop that, I, I'm going to put you in timeout, you know, and then you do ultimately that communicates that, you know, I, I, I know my caregiver is going to keep me safe. Yeah, I might be out of control, but they're going to help me calm down and keep me in check, so to speak. And and kids like to know what's coming next. They like to know that because they do feel out of control a lot of the times because this is all new territory for them. Yeah. And they like to know that uh, what's coming next. And they like to know that, hey, my, my caregiver is going to teach me to calm down and regroup so that I in can- In a productive manner. Yeah. yeah. But also- You know, one of the main things that it's important to remember with kids, and I think you really know this already, um, is that you've got to check, you know, are they hungry? Are they tired? You know, 
And I, I think that's, you've talked about how Ben, we haven't had really successful uh, timeouts with Ben, but I think that's a, a lot to do with that. You do a lot to avoid getting to a space where we're in that place that we need to calm down like that. That is absolutely true. I think that the harder you work on the front end, the less often you have to um, implement uh, timeouts. But we we still have a structure for it, um, which I think is important because explaining to a child that they know if, if they do a certain type of behavior, it will result in a timeout or um, some of the other suggestions. You can change the name of timeout and it's ultimately still the same thing. But mm-hmm. it has a different, it ends up getting a different connotation, um, especially again, it goes back to, I knew what timeout was. I, or I, I thought I knew what timeout was before I came a parent, the place where a kid goes to think about what they've done wrong. Um, mm-hmm. But we don't call it timeout, but it's essentially the same function. Uh, we just call it a, a break time, um, or you could call it quiet time or cool off time or um mm-hmm. You know, at our uh, daycare, they call it a safe zone if a child, oh. you know, so those are some different terms that you can use and it ultimately ends up in the same, it's the same function, it's the same thing. but you're pulling out again, you're doing it that way while also pulling out the lectures and the anger and the just rage that you might feel in those moments, but allowing everybody their space to to cool off. Uh, yeah. So how long should a, a timeout be for a child average? So the, the rule of thumb is one minute per year of their life. So if they're two, two minutes, if they're three, three minutes. Okay. Um, of course, you have to kind of like you... you just like we've talked about before, you kind of have to adjust things to your model. Mm-hmm. Like, so the Benjamin model, you know, might be able to do two minutes at age two, but they might not be able to do that long. Yeah. You know, maybe one minute. So if you can get like 30 seconds to a minute of where they're calm, because sometimes when we're going into timeout, they're fighting it. And that's what we were, we started out talking about. What if they physically won't go? Mm-hmm. And so this is where it's super important to stay calm because kids feed off of your emotions, right? Right. And you don't want to be snatching up a kid and throwing them into the timeout chair, right? You know? Or do you don't want to grab them by the wrist and drag them to the timeout chair? There is a, you know, a, like it's, it's called a barrel carry where you kind of wrap them around their body part, you know, the, the, the mid, mid body, and you kind of just lift them up calmly mm-hmm. And go put them in the timeout. And and if you have to sit there with them, then you sit there with them. Um, but I think it's really important to do our best to not get too physical with it. Because then it, then we lose sight of what we're really doing the timeout for. Right. You know, if we're going to be ratcheting it up and ratcheting it up. Um, so it's really important to, you know, that's the importance of staying calm, mm-hmm. you know, so that we can, uh, because then. The, the purpose of timeout is to calm down, calm them down. So, you know, I think, I think if you're going to threaten with timeout and I, and I have, I don't think we should use threaten, but if you're going to use choices, you know, timeout as a choice, you need to follow through. But this is, this goes back to thinking beforehand about, you know, what you're going to do as you encounter certain behaviors. And um, I was surprised when I was researching this topic, um, the cdc.gov website 
So the, what is that? The um, Center for Disease Control. Yeah. That suddenly went blank. My brain. <laughs> it's everywhere. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The Center, Center for Disease Control.gov had um, some really cool little videos, three, four minute videos on all kinds of different parenting techniques. And uh, they actually had two videos on timeout and how to do it. And they're actually humorous and um, enjoyable to watch. So I recommend people go look at those. And yeah. See what's out there that's for different ideas. Well, and I think that, um, you know, that's a good point to make is that timeout or whatever you want to label it will look different for every family and even every child within the same family, potentially. And even from timeout to timeout, right? right. Like each situation is going to be unique. Yeah, because for us, so just to shed a little bit more light on how it was playing out with us is that when when we would need to send Ben to timeout, he physically would not stay there. Um, and we attempted staying very calm. We we always tried to stay very calm. And if we needed to tag out, we would. Um, mm-hmm. um, but we would lift him, put him in the timeout spot, and then we would set the timer and we would say, the timer starts over if you leave this spot. Mm-hmm. Um to try to have the timer going for the duration where they're calm. Um, mm-hmm. Now, I think ultimately, I, I don't even recall a time where we made it through, <laughs> to be honest, where we <laughs> made it through a full timeout without him struggling to get out or without us literally, you know, he would go there and then start to walk out. So we'd put him back and it always became very physical. Um, so I think in those cases, it it is okay to let the timer run out for the time that you've said it was going to, because otherwise it just becomes a vicious circle, but then complete the timeout and, and walk away, walk away from your kid and let that be the space where you guys can both still cool off. Um, and then for us, it was really just a continued effort of trying to figure out how to make it work for us. So it's okay if every timeout isn't perfect, especially while you're trying to figure out what your style is and what works for you and your child. Um, so just remember that, that one bad timeout is, does not mean that you're failing at disciplining your child. Um, it just, right. it just may mean that you need to, to think about some other ways to go about it. And there's always other ways to go about it. And, um, I think that's okay to know that timeout is not a one size fits all disciplining your children is not a one size fits all. Um, but we, I would definitely encourage you to set the timeout spot and let your kid know about it when there is, when it's a non-issue. So don't wait until your child is needing a timeout Yes, to pick the spot and then to tell them this is where you have to stay. So it should be a conversation. Children as little as two will, they may not understand it, but they will at least be prepared. So tell them where the spot is. Maybe let them pick it out. Mm -hmm. Um, Let them help. Maybe they're, yes. Yeah. Maybe that, hey, where is a good place where where you can go? Where would you like to go to cool off? And you pick that ahead of time and you set those mm-hmm. expectations. There's also, you can make gadgets, cool off gadgets. You can probably buy them too. Uh, you know, the glitter, the glitter tunnels mm-hmm. where you flip it upside down and, and it's supposed to be calming where the glitter is, yeah. is shaking or even a, yeah. even a, um, like a sand timer to give it to them to hold it and let them watch it while it. Those are great ideas. Yeah. Or maybe you could even 
implement like some calming music, like instead of using a timer, hey, just you need to listen to this song and have a calming, I don't know, three minute song. Yeah, that's that's a great idea too. And I think also um, making sure that when you are requesting something of your child that could result in a timeout, that you are going back to those seven C's. I like to get down on my kid's eye level. If there is something that I am really trying to communicate to one of my children, I will get down on my knees so that they are seeing me eye to eye. And I will say it very clearly and at their level so that there is no, you know, I'm not hollering at them from the other room and then getting them in trouble for not listening because that's just not fair. (laughs) Well, that's not clear communication, right? Exactly. Yeah. And that's, So, you know, just to weave in, uh, that's authoritative parenting, right? High expectations with a lot of warmth, I'm going to communicate to you in a way that I know that you will be able to hear me. But then also, you know, checking in with them, do you, you know, like by involving them, they are aware, and, um, you know, they're, they're more involved with the communication. So it's a really good thing to get down on their level, like you said. Yeah. Make sure that you're, you know, they know that you care enough. And that's the other thing about if they're, if you do put them in timeout, just to kind of backtrack, if you do put them in timeout and you're there watching them, or if you even have to sit near them, um, that they, they know that you're willing to do whatever it takes to help keep them safe. Yeah. And, and give them that sense of safety. Mm-hmm. And, and that really, that helps your kids stay calmer. Yeah. And that's, it's hard to do. We know that because you might've been in the middle of making dinner. You might really have to go to the bathroom, but in the grand scheme of things, we're talking for most people. If, if, you know, you're, I would say by the time your child is older, you may be sending your older child to timeout, but we're, we're talking anywhere from two to 10 minutes. That's such a small amount of time in the grand scheme of things that if you can dedicate yourself to putting your child first to get through those few minutes of discipline, if you even want to call it that, but the, the rest time, the rest period, then ultimately I think it results in a happier, healthier household. Well, and, and, the thing is, is, you know, if you're lucky enough to be getting this podcast in the early years of your child's life, then you're going to be creating a situation where they're going to learn how to regulate their emotions earlier on so that when they are teenagers, we don't have the meltdowns or the, the situations that they're going to need a timeout. You're going to, you know, create that earlier on. Now, if you're listening to this podcast and you've got older children, you know, there's there might be other things that are challenges that you're having. And we want to hear from you. Uh, please send us your questions. There's a way to do um, voice messages uh, at the bottom. If you scroll down to the bottom of our podcast, there's a place that you can click to go to do a voice message. So send us what your challenges are. And, you know, if this isn't working for you, if you have specific questions, feel free to contact us so that we can address those in future podcasts. Of course. And you guys know you can always reach out to us on Instagram. We are at Nani and Mom Podcast. That's N-O-N-N-I-E and Mom Podcast. See you guys soon.